Hi, I'm Natalia. I'm Gen Z. I'm Molly, a millennial. This is Arnisha, Generation X. And I'm Micah, the boomer. And, and we, we are Dame, Dame Talk. Talk. Four women, four generations, four unique points of view. Hi, this is Micah, and I am here today to talk to you about being a mentor and a mentee at any age. So I think the traditional way we think of mentors uh, is that someone's older, they've been in the workplace for you know several years, and they can impart all of this wisdom and um, advice to that younger mentee who doesn't know a lot and, you know, they just need all, not, not all this help, but they need the help from that, you know, more experienced worker um, or employee. But I think now in this fast paced environment, especially with technology being key and really driving, I think most positions and most jobs, it age needs to be taken out of the, the equation for being a mentor and experience as far as number of years in the workplace needs to be taken out of the equation. Mm-hmm. We really need to step back and think of mentor, being a mentor and being a mentee more around what can I, what am I bringing to the table and what can I learn and what can I teach? And if you just start there, then I think you can look at it in a completely different light. So from my perspective, they used to call it back in the day, reverse mentorship, um, because it's like it's unexpected. So maybe it's someone that maybe it's your boss. I remember a boss that I had said she wanted me to reverse mentor her to teach her about something she didn't know about. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time I'd ever one had a boss ask me to kind of train them or teach them about something. So that made me feel really good. Like, wow, I know something she doesn't know. Mm-hmm. And she actually wants to learn it from me. So you can imagine the dynamics there. It opened up our relationship in a new way mm-hmm. that was unexpected and also allowed credibility and trust to build. Um, and then it also gave me confidence. Like, hey, I know something. I want to impart this to her. And I actually did a, you know, I would do my research and I want to make sure I was prepared every time we had meetings to talk about it. So it um, also provided me with new skills and new ways of thinking about how to teach someone um, something new that they didn't know. And then also that, so that was my first experience with it. And then I, um, all you generally, when you think about mentorship and being a mentor, you also think about, um, employees coming in and trying to um, new leaders coming in and then you're supposed to kind of help train them so that they can be, you know, better leaders and they should take your advice and then come back to you and report back to you and tell you what they've done after you've had this, you know, um, enlightening conversation. What I'd like to have people think about more so now is around what don't you know if you're especially if you're leading a team what are some of the things that you don't know how can you make yourself a little bit more vulnerable to your team and admit hey guys i don't know this i need your help and think about how your approach can make a difference with your team so dames have you ever had an experience where someone who more junior than you um that you've gone to either for advice or you've gone to and said, you know what, I need your help in, you know, 
improving a project or I need your help in your insights. Um, can you think of a time or where you were actually maybe the junior person and someone came to you and said, Hey, I need you. I need your experience. I need your expertise here. Um, I never had someone come to me as a more junior person asking for my expertise, but I've definitely done it with people who have reported into me. Um, marketing is changing so quickly and millennials and Generation Zs, they're digital natives and I'm yeah. a Gen Xer and I'm not yeah. a digital native. Um, social media has become such an amazing tool for marketing that I had to learn how to use it. Um, and how to use it as a marketing tool. And I didn't know how, you know, I knew the organic piece of it. You know, we all kind of, to some extent have, and have a social media footprint, whether right, it's, yeah. you know, you go on, you have a little small thing for Facebook, we have something minor, but when you're doing it from a professional perspective, I think that the digital native generations just do it better. You know, yeah. I mean, unless you are somebody that live, you know, you live, you live and breathe it. That's all they know. I say for my son, his phone is like an extension of his hand. It's always there, you know, um, and it's not to talk on the phone. It's because he's using it, constantly using it socially. So I, I, I went to the woman, the, the manager that reported into me, and then she had a social um, coordinator that reported into her. She might have been a social manager, I don't remember. Um, social media manager. And I asked them, I just said, so how do you do this? What do you do about that? And how do you judge this? And how do you, now I'm, I'm very, very curious. And right. I want, it, 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 was, it was not only for me to understand what they were doing for the business, right? But it was also for me to understand how it works and how is it effective uh, in, in from a marketing, you know, from a marketing perspective. And, and and I was very grateful. They were, you know, a big part of the social thing, social media thing is that it's a lot of trial and error, a lot of trial and error, which is really different from the media I grew up right. using. Right. It's not a lot of trial and error. Either, you know, what you choose either works or doesn't, you know, so it required a, um, a change in the way I thought about how media works. Just because this message didn't work today doesn't mean that a different message won't work tomorrow. And really understanding um, that you have to be willing to constantly try, constantly try, constantly try, which is a different mindset from the marketing I grew up doing. Right. You know, if it worked, okay, it didn't work. Oh my goodness, you got to blow that up. You got to start. No, this you kind of go in thinking this might not work. So what's our plan B? You you just approach business um, approach business differently. So I was grateful that um, that I went to them and you know, yeah. Does it require some vulnerability? Yeah, I was a CMO at the time. Right. So do you, you think have, they um, looked at you in a different way? Like. Did that did that change the dynamics of your relationship in a positive or negative way? I think it changed it in a positive way. Um, but my style is also one where I don't I try to avoid just telling people what to do. Right. I try to avoid doing that. I, I'm very collaborative. So on anything that is affecting the entire department, the entire team, I like to discuss it get people's points of view, and then based on what I'm hearing, then come move, determine what we're doing moving forward. So they were already kind of used to the fact that I would question and listen and take in what they okay, said. Right. So they were um, already kind of used to that. So I, I didn't find it to be a, a big difference, but I did not feel like they saw me as being weak because I did not know it. Yeah. I did not feel like that. Okay. So it's, it's kind of a style, how your style yeah, yeah, because I mean, you can learn something from 
anybody. You, you don't have to be. I mean, I've worked for people that I learned absolutely. I don't want to say nothing. That's being me. <laughs> but I, I've, I've learned very little from, yeah. right? My people yeah. I've reported into that I've learned very little from. And then, I've, you know, there are people that I've reported into that I learned a lot. Like, you can learn from any anybody. Yeah. Anybody. anybody. I you know, This is going off on a quick tangent, but I was watching a, I love rom-coms. I just love them. It's, it's terrible. I love them. I'm just forgetting. Anyway, but I was watching one, and this guy owned an advertising agency, and he was doing, a, a, people love like ad, they love that in movies, right? They, mm-hmm. you know, that's like a sexy career. Yeah. And he was talking to his, um, he was talking to his girlfriend and telling him he was having a tough time coming up with an idea for something. And she just casually said, "Oh," and she gave him an idea. And of course, it's a movie, right? So it ended up being the one that the client liked. Right. But that to me, it, even though it's a movie, it just oh gosh, reinforced was this. How to lose a guy in ten days? <laughs> no, it wasn't. Oh, it wasn't that, that, one. that too, this one. This one was um, my my girlfriend. It's my girlfriend's. My girlfriend's boyfriend. That one is really cute too. It's really, really cute. But anyway, um, it 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 just shows once again that a good idea can come from yeah. anybody. Yeah. It doesn't have to be somebody that's the most senior. Honestly, it's probably not coming from that person because they're so busy thinking about so many things. You know, it, you gotta you gotta be open to what everybody is saying. And it can take the pressure off of you as a senior leader if you don't feel the responsibility to always be the one to come up with the ideas. Right. Always be the one to you know have the best advice. The be- you know. That's right. I think the wise person understands it can't come from anywhere. Anybody, right? anybody. I mean, Natalia, from your perspective, because you're, you know, the most junior, junior yeah. you know, Gen Z, you know, have you ever had an instance where, even if it wasn't acknowledged, where you felt like you were teaching someone or helping someone learn, you know, a new way of doing something? I mean, I feel like I'm mostly the person that, like, asks for help or, like, I try to. I'm very, ugh. a lot of the times, like, I'm a very competitive person, so, like, for me, asking for help is, like, kind of hard because it's, like, ooh, I should know this. Like, I shouldn't mm-hmm. have to ask. But that's, like, a personal problem. But I know, like, a lot of people in my generation because, like, everything is so competitive. It, like, is kind of a common trait. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I don't know. I guess, like, the most, like, relevant thing about me giving advice is, like, my mom, she used to work um, for this, like, high-level company that was in communications. Mm-hmm. And now, like, we just got a new phone and she doesn't know how to use it. So like, right. This, right like, yeah. Crazy yeah. successful right. woman that like is yeah. normally in communications is it like, know how to swipe up on her phone. Yeah. <laughs> but that's probably, so, yeah. that's more common than not, yeah, yeah, than it, it you know, is. which is yeah. good. So that you have the patience. Mm-hmm. And if you learn the patience with your mom, then when you get out in the workplace, mm-hmm. you know, it'll be even easier. Yeah. But I think that's an interesting thing for us. Um, to think about when you have a Gen Z that you're managing, yeah. if they're competitive and don't want to ask for help, yeah. right. you know, that can be its own challenge That's as a right. manager, That's right. you know, cause you don't know what they don't know if right. they're not telling you. Right. Um, so it's almost like you have to observe a little bit more because right. they may not speak up. You know, yeah. I don't know you, if you think it's a trait for Gen Z, that's just something to notice as a manager. Yeah. Um, I'd say it's also probably a trait for just being early in a career. Uh, yeah. interesting. I remember okay. when I got my first like full-time job out of college um, and I was terrified to ask my manager for help because mm-hmm. I thought one, she had put me through the ringer during the interview and um, <laughs> 
so I was just, I was, uh, I think in the first six months I was afraid I was just going to get fired at any moment. Yeah. Um, so I was really afraid to ask, ask for help. Um, because I, I thought I was, you know, supposed to just know things. Know it, and, yeah. Um, That's the thing. You know, I didn't even, I knew how to use Excel, but like, I didn't really know how to use Excel, yeah. like basic things yeah, right? yeah. Like when you're early in your career that you right. just don't know because you didn't use it that way in, yeah. in school or in your personal life. They don't even teach you. So it's hard. Should. Yeah. It's hard to be vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. It is because then you're, you're showing somebody that you don't know something and it's okay to not know it. You just don't know if they think you shouldn't know it. Right. <laughs> right? right. That's it. Like, am right. Am I supposed to feel yeah. this? Or am I not? It's the, it's that, it's the same exact, I think you called it, is it the imposter syndrome? You, mm-hmm. you called it, we called it once before. It, it, it just manifests itself in different ways throughout your career. You know, it's not speaking up when you're in meetings, you know, it's not feeling comfortable channel when you, when you know, like, you know, like, you know, that what is being said is wrong. <laughs> just not, not, yeah. you know, not inaccurate, just wrong, yeah. you know, and you don't feel confident enough to to speak mm-hmm. up like you never want to throw somebody under the bus but yeah. it's a different story to, to kind of raise your finger and say I'm sorry but I thought it was you know I thought it was this or right or what if, uh, maybe you I misunderstood right you don't know or maybe right. I misunderstood but I thought it was that you know and finding ways to to navigate through that it's hard it's hard to it's hard to be vulnerable I think that um when you are a person in in a more senior role, I think it actually can work in your favor. You don't, you have to show that you know your stuff. Don't get me wrong. You got to show that I know most of what I'm supposed to do, but this is something new that I'm learning and I want to learn it from you as somebody who reports into me. Right, and I think right. as a person that is, that is, is the one that's the teacher, you should also see it as an opportunity to, wow, I, I can, I get a chance to form a different relationship and, that's an you know like that that's a nice thing to do in in, in the workplace to be the mentor of somebody that's right, more right that like that reverse mentorship yeah that that's that good. I, it it builds your confidence it does because it says this person respects you enough to want to learn from you yeah I can imagine um, it does. and that means a lot yeah. especially as a junior person yeah so what do you think about um, having mentor programs in an organization you know like a lot of companies have started to have formal uh, mentoring programs, you know, so do you think, and I, but they, I think it's still more the traditional mentoring, you know, you come in as a new employee and they connect you with someone that's, you know, I get where if you're a new employee, it really doesn't matter if someone's been around a couple of years, you want that. But what about just having a formal mentor program, mentorship program, or however you want to talk to say it? I don't think I've ever worked anywhere that had a formal mentorship program. Mm-hmm. And I think I would like to experience Uh, what that would be. Um, I think a couple places there was, you know, early talk that they were going to bring back the mentor program or, you know, they were going to start a new mentorship program. And I don't know that I ever saw it get off the ground. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But I think for me, I think I would like that. I think if you can, I think if they're structured in a way that, you know, maybe it's not even something that's you know, within my role or even within my team, or if it's just an opportunity to learn about, you know, another function at yeah. the organization, but yeah. to have that person who's, you know, outside of your team, who you can go and ask for advice and maybe have that objective. Um, those are the, those are the kinds of mentorships that I have had that have been really helpful to have those people who I feel like I can trust who are outside the team, yeah. who I can go and, and bounce ideas risk. off. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, 
So no, you've I asked really someone, like you have asked someone to be your men mentor? I have not officially asked somebody to be uh -huh. my mentor, but I have had people who I have uh, treated as mentors right. or I consider mentors, um, but not like in a formal, formal way. And why? I don't know. I think I never thought to ask them. You know, it's the same mentor. for me now that I think about it. I mean, I, I've never, I've never worked for a company that I can recall has ever had a formal mentorship program. Um, when I think about the mentors that I have, a lot of them are ex-bosses, former bosses mm -hmm. that I'm, they're former, obviously I'm not yeah. working for them anymore, but yeah. that I've really respected and learned a lot from. So I go back and seek their opinion for, for different things as I'm trying to navigate, navigate mm -hmm. the waters. And, you know, and the, what, what I like about it is that they, I've, I've worked for them, so they know me well. Mm -hmm. um, they can give me constructive feedback on how to manage different things. Um, and, and they're very approachable. See, I think that the hardest thing about a mentor mentee relationship is getting it off the ground, right? Because yeah. it's, it's, it's getting it started. What I like about a formal, a, a company, a corporate formal one is that kind of facilitates the process. And if it's a program, then they're going to schedule how often you're supposed to meet and how you meet it. So it makes it happen, right? Mm -hmm. Um, the, one of the hard, if, if it's difficult to find that common ground to start a discussion or to start a relationship. You know, those, the, the mentor-mentee relationship can kind of struggle. Yeah. And, you know, in, in, yeah. in the beginning. Um, but with the mentors that I've, you know, that I've chosen and I just go back to over and over again, we know each other well. So there's, there's no, th th that awkwardness isn't there. Mm -hmm. And I'm comfortable asking them about different situations and how to get through it. Now, I've worked for companies that have had formal programs, and I think some of the points you bring up is why it worked. Um, one, you sign up, right? So you sign up to be their mentor or you want a men mentor. Um, and then it's almost like a dating game, right? It's like, what are you looking for in your mentor and what kind of mentee would you like? You know, would you like someone who's early in their career, later in their career? You know, so they match you up. Um, and then they have exercises for you, you know, formal things to, for you to start to get to know each other. And then they kind of give you guidance on, you know, from this day on, you should meet X amount of times That's good. a month or a week or whatever, you know, and, and then that helps break the ice It's formal. And then you also know you have to report back, like, how is this going? You know, there's checkpoints, like, is this working for you? Yeah. Do you want, do you like the program, but not like your mentee or mentor, you know, mm -hmm. is it? You know, so you can make some switches and changes. And so I think any organization should be, could benefit from a formal program. Mm -hmm. um, and then it also had, especially if you're like interested in a different department. So you could almost specify, I want to learn more about finance. So I like a mentor that's in finance, you know, so mm -hmm. it, this is a subtle way for you to get um, in front of someone. Um, so I, I generally like formal. I've been in them and I like them and I and I, I would encourage organizations to start them if they don't have them because it, it really can benefit an employee. But I think you should just think about it in terms of now it's no longer if you have it's like a dating game. If you say, 
I just want someone who knows about social media. It doesn't matter what age they are. Right. Then there is none of, you know, the dynamics around age and and experience are taken away. Right. So it's kind of taking it to the next level. You know, one thing you mentioned that I kind of want to question a little bit when you said experience is taking off the, taken off the table. Do you mean experience in terms of number of years? Yes. Okay. I think when people think of someone that's experienced, they think, you know, you've been with the organization 10 plus years. Got it. Okay. You know, okay. Okay. You know, but not necessarily experience in, and I've been doing social media for the last 10 years of my life, even if I started in high school. Got right? it. Right? Okay. So, okay. So no, we're in the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think of experience and age. I Got it. Okay. I, I put them together. Okay. Um, I was reading an article and one of the interesting things that they said is that the workplace is becoming less hierarchical. Okay, ladder. Um, and, and so that's also contributing to the mentor mentee being different. Eight, you know, um, the, taking out the age because I think you said collaborative, right? You have yeah. a collaborative environment. Now they're just saying it's just less hierarchy. So mm-hmm. even though somebody's your boss or manager, you may not, you may see them not quite as equal because they you know, they're responsible for your, um, your performance appraisal. So you want to give them some deference, but, um, you may see yourself more equal because of how decisions are made and Mm -hmm. how you collaborate more around decisions. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I haven't necessarily seen that in some of the organizations that I've been, but I don't know if any of you have seen the hierarchy kind of change and the dynamics change in the workplace. Yeah. I've come from a couple of organizations that are very hierarchical. Um, where I am currently, we have this real sense of, um, or culture of self-management or ownership culture, Mm -hmm. um, where the people who are doing the work, who are closest to the work are meant to have the, be empowered to actually make the decisions to drive that work forward. Wow. (laughs) That is great. Yeah. Yeah. Which has been really cool. It's been a, it's been a, an interesting shift of going from, you know, other organizations that have been hierarchical to an organization where. You know, you don't have to necessarily ask your boss for permission to do X, Y, Z, or how does this sound, or, you know, kind of more of those traditional hierarchy. Uh Um, So, yeah, so it's been a really, uh, it's been a really great, really interesting um, thing to start practicing. Uh, One thing that I would say is, uh, you know, of course, it's not always going to be perfect. Also places that we've, we've heard of, and this has, of course, happened at the, at the organization too, of when you kind of flatten out the hierarchy, it almost becomes there's either too many decision makers mm-hmm. or there's no decision makers. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of, on the one hand, it's great because you should put the, the power to, you know, make decisions, drive the work forward with the people who are actually doing the work. On the other hand, then you kind of, if there becomes something that there's a tension or there's, you know, competing priorities, um, you kind of lose that ultimate decision maker who would be right in a traditional system would be like at the top of the pyramid. Um, and so it becomes a little bit more, I would just say opaque on how those, those kinds of larger strategic decisions are made. And what happens if something fails? Like who takes responsibility for that? Yeah. Great question. I mean, I haven't, so I would say that we are, we are very cognizant of these like tensions and how we kind of work through these. And so we have, um, I think a pretty good system in place, but I think, others that we've heard um, from other organizations that do this type of approach. Um, I think have more difficulty with it for us. If something fails, it's um, it still is very much the team. 
Okay. Because even though the person is, you know, in, responsible for their work and, and driving those forward, um, I think we still have, we have kind of a different sense of team. And so it's not, there's a person who's driving the work forward, but then there's also all the other people who are helping doing it. And each individual has their own, you know, decision-making authority. So it's not just one person who ultimately is like, responsible okay. for that. It's like each person has more authority to do their own little piece of the puzzle. And so then if the puzzle doesn't come together correctly, it's almost like a bunch of people might have <laughs> <laughs> contributed to right, that. Might have messed yeah. up. So like we're all in it together. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's a really interesting, I haven't seen anything. Does it work? Do you feel like it works? I feel like it works in a lot of cases. Okay. I think sometimes you need an ultimate yeah. decision maker. And I think that's one yeah. of the things that we're, we're kind of, you know, growing with and experimenting with now. Um, how we create those systems that are a little bit flatter, that hi hierarchy that's a little more mm -hmm. dispersed, um, but also understanding that, like, we just got to, sometimes we just got to have somebody who's like, yeah, yes, no. Decision. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. The, the, that, I yeah. mean, just listening, because I've never, I've never seen anything like what you just yeah. described. I can imagine that, you know, the grass is always greener, right? Yeah. So in listening to you start, I'm like, okay, wow, that would be really cool if everybody's yeah. accountable and responsible. Yeah, yeah. ownership, you know, yeah. Then, empower. And, you know, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But then the more, you know, then, of course, my executive hat comes back on. Mm -hmm. And... I'm wondering, like, okay, so are they are the objectives and goals clear to everybody, right? Because if if there isn't effective communication and if everybody doesn't know what beat they're supposed to be marching to, right? Then this person can make a decision that pulls you away from what right. the company's ultimately trying to yeah. accomplish. Yeah, and so that's what we're yeah. we've been going through a really um, intensive process over the last few months as an organization to come up with our you know, objectives and strategy and everything yeah. for the year. Yeah. And so I think we're trying to put in the, the guardrails and the process mm -hmm. to make the system function. Mm -hmm. um, and then hopefully once we've got those, you know, and we're all aligned and we're all agreed to it, then people can go out and disperse okay. and kind of reclaim their ownership or claim their ownership. And then, you but know, when you come to a crossroads, there still needs to be somebody ultimately that says we go in this direction or yeah. this direction, yeah. you know, cause yeah. Right. So, yeah. and I would say back to just the mentorship aspect of this. Um, I think though, having this kind of uh, distributed leadership um, or ownership across the organization also means that it's much easier to, you know, reach out to somebody who's on a different team. Mm -hmm. um, mm. There's less of a, Oh, do I feel like I need to you know, go through my boss to do this? And so it, I haven't created any of those formal mentorships um, or, you know, asking anyone to be a mentor, but, I also work much closer okay. with, you know, leaders from other teams or people on other teams. Mm -hmm. So I can learn very closely from them, mm -hmm. um, you know, in the day to day on what they're doing and how they're doing it. And Do you think employees should ask like their HR for a more formal program or a more formal mentoring program? Or do you think they should just kind of on their own make it happen? Hmm. I think you should start by asking and because it it based on what you described, it clearly needs to be somebody's passion to set it up. An HR person. Mm -hmm. um, it has to be something that they're passionate about because it sounds like it's a lot of work. 
right? <laughs> right. No, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Program right. And, you know, unless it's about a directive, that, yeah. unless it's a directive from above that we right. want to groom the next whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it needs to be a passion project, you know, for somebody in HR to create it. This sounds like a lot of work. That's true. Um, I didn't think about that. You have to have resources. Absolutely. Like I've worked in organizations that have the resources absolutely. to be able to do it, but if yeah. you don't, right? If you don't, then I think you got to you have to take it on yet. Take it on yourself. Right. But it also goes back to another discussion that we had um, about mentoring. And one of the things you said was make it clear on what you want your mentor to do. It might not be a long term relationship. Yeah. It might be you're trying to navigate through something now. A coffee and maybe a follow up phone call will do. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I, I do think it's always worthwhile to um, try to find a mentor either, in either way. You know, right. like Nia's gonna be my mentor for this whole social media right. campaign. You've been mentoring us on how oh, to get I know. Like, Molly, <laughs> yeah. Molly will figure it out. Yeah, and tell yeah, us. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I think kind of to wrap things up for us, we need to think um, just for our listeners: be open to anyone being your mentor. Um, if they have knowledge that you need, then reach out. Um, you don't have to make it formal or official. You know, you don't have to call them anything. You don't have to be a label, but no, in a sense, traditionally, that's what it's been called. And make yourself vulnerable and know that you're making someone else on the other side feel good about the fact that you're asking them for their knowledge mm-hmm. and you're asking them to, you know, train you or help you understand something. So it's a win-win you're giving someone confidence, and at the same time, you're learning something that you're going to be able to take forward in your career, personally or professionally. So think about it in those terms, and I think it might be easier to reach out and ask for help and, and ask for that um, mentor type of relationship. So I hope this helped. Um, listeners, if you don't do anything, go out there and at least try to start your own mentor um, program just personally for yourself, like we just did our visions personally. Just know that it, it, as long as it works for you, then it works. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening to Dame Talk. If you have any questions, email us at dametalk4 at gmail.com. That's dametalk and the number four at gmail. To learn more about us and these topics, check out our website at dametalkpodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for listening. This is Dame Talk. We don't know everything, but we know enough.